Street Fighters, welcome to the show. I hope you're having a good Wednesday night. We're a little bit early street fight tonight, 10 p.m. on a Wednesday. We usually start at 10 or 11. If you ever want to come and watch the show, we live stream on Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Jump in the chat. I see Violent Orchid, Crow's Nose, Master Cat PDX, Alf Duella, Cyber Sludge. Thanks for showing up. Kudzu Garden, I see you. Thanks for being here, chatting along, watching the show. Um, if you if you got time on Wednesday or Sunday nights, we're here taking calls Sunday nights, 9 to midnight, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we took Easter off and did not do a good job of announcing that, um, but that's why you didn't get a show. Um, we also have bonus content available on patreon.com slash streetfightradio. And you don't even have to access the bonus content. If you like Street Fight and what we do and you want to see us continue to spread this mess across the U.S., head to patreon.com slash streetfightradio. Sign up for a monthly subscription. There you can get access to zines, videos, and special premium audio shows like Get Motivated, 100 Million Tons of Steel, Shocktober, and all the rest. Um, I think that's everything. Uh, thanks for being here. We are still the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We've been working tirelessly on Means TV stuff as well. I had like three hours of Means meetings today, so... We got in trouble Staying today. busy. We got in trouble today. We did get in trouble. Uh, but we fixed it tonight, so... Here's what I would say. Here's what I'll say to speak to Brian's character. Uh, last Wednesday, we had a meeting... And we were supposed to get some things done by the next Wednesday, which was today. And we got absolutely zero things done. And Brian blamed it all on himself and said it was 100% his fault, which is a down-ass thing to do. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I just feel like I can't get in trouble. So maybe I'm trying to chase that in trouble feeling that I used to get when I was at a job. But... It yeah. felt like being it felt like being in trouble. It was kind of like, oh no, I have to answer for myself um, because one week ago I promised that I would have this done. Yeah, I mean, to to be honest, to go behind the scenes, like it was partially my fault for sure. I mean, because I could have texted you and said, "Hey, we need to do this." So okay, yeah, you know, yeah. I I sort of felt like it was both of our fault, but why not take the hit? Just say it was me. It's easier to say it's me because then, because if we're being completely honest here, I blame everything on myself. Sure. All the time. That's my whole life. I spend uh, an hour in therapy every three weeks having a guy tell me, hey, you, that's not your fault. You you shouldn't blame yourself for that. And it's like, well, I did. And then I felt bad about it for three days. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Happy birthday to Lezabot in the chat. Oh, happy birthday. I hope it's going well for you. It is a, a good day in in Street Fight world. Uh, I Well, I mean, we're going to talk about some stuff and tonight that has been going on for three weeks and we've been quiet about it. That is the first time that we've been quiet about something for that amount of time, except for the KJB video when we were quiet about that for a few weeks. True. Remember that? Yes. Because we were like, well, we shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> when Jake went to jail. But um, an, the end of a street fight storyline happened yesterday. The, 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 it's a, it's a oh. time of ends. And an end of an era happened. I am no longer a Kia Soul owner. Hell yeah. 
I bought a new car. A uh, Honda CRV 2018. All right. All right. CRV, 40,000 miles on it, which doesn't seem too bad. Um, I'll tell you what was funny about my trip to get a car. Every I, I went to a place called the Auto Mall. And there were just, there's a Nissan dealership. There's a Subaru dealer. It's just all the dealerships right there. You know what I mean? Right at your fingertips. And uh, there was a Kia dealership. And every time I saw a person getting in a Kia, I was like, bro, bad idea. Just, I wanted to go and tell them, like, don't yeah. buy this car, dude. Don't do it. Yeah. I just had mine blow up on me. Or you could be like, hey, listen to my show, Street Fight Radio, to, to learn about Kias. Or I could have just driven the Kia over there and say, you want to test drive this one? Because this is what it's like <laughs> a few years in. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, that thing was a piece of shit arena. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, I went with the Honda. Uh, we wanted a Subaru, but, uh, not on my pride. It's, that's just out of my pride. I'm not a Subaru guy. I don't have Subaru yeah. guy money. Yeah. I mean, those cars are all $30,000. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I did research this time. And, and, wow. and I, I tried to figure out what I can afford instead of going in there and just taking what they'll give me. Yeah. I spent a couple days being like, what can we afford? Also, uh, here's a little thing about me. If I go to buy a car, if I leave without a car, that feels like a failure. Tremendous failure. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I treat Gwen, my daughter, I, I, I don't know how to explain this, but like, she liked the CRV, right? Mm -hmm. And it was just like, if I don't get this, she's not going to love me anymore. Okay, that's a stretch. But that's how I felt. So then when it came down to approval and shit, I was like, oh, please just give it to us. I'll pay anything. My little baby daughter wants this. She's going to hate me when she gets older because, you know, I don't like my parents. and Yeah, for different reasons. My wife doesn't really like her parents. And it's right. kind of like for so valid reasons. Gwen doesn't have any valid reasons. I think she does. I think she has like a, a, a if I'm going to be totally honest about her reasons, uh, the kind of, uh, not negligence is the wrong word, but maybe she might feel like, and I think about this all the time, we're not like really parents. You know what I mean? That's only child life. Yeah. There's lots of people that are like, my parents were doing other things. I didn't have a sibling. I just spent a lot of my time doing my own shit. But she doesn't do that. But COVID also. Yeah. So but that we, might be the reason. Sure. But even Erica and I with Charlotte, it's uh, like, uh, sorry, bud, I'm working. So go do Barbies. Go do figure it out. There's books. I'll help you get anything you want started. But I can't sit down and play with you all the time. Yeah, I think also the the fact that she's a teenager makes it easy and it almost feels too easy. Does that make sense? Like where it's like, this is too fucking easy, man. You mean tell yeah. me I can just talk to her and be like, hey, you know, well, this is this, this and this and it's done. And I feel like I learn from her, which is a corny thing to say, but I have learned a lot about women from my daughter. Uh and the main thing is, oh God. 
This is a big thing I learned. This is feminism. What I'm going <laughs> to say. Oh, God, don't. Just skip ahead. Uh, they don't buy... Co- Women be shopping is the biggest lie oh, in the no. world. Okay, okay. Woo. It's a lie. Okay. They don't buy clothes. They hate clothes. I live with two women that love clothes, but hate clothes. Hate them. Won't buy them for, for anything. And then when you, when they do buy them, they ain't going to wear those fucking things. My daughter had a $150 pair of pants two years ago. Jeans. Never worn once. And then the next year was like, oh, they don't fit me anymore. And it's like, well, they used to fit you and you never wore them. Now I got to go buy you fucking another $150 pair of jeans? What the fuck? You know? But, like, that's one of the things I've learned is it's very hard for women to buy clothes, I think, is is the thing. It's It's a different thing. I guess maybe there are some men in the audience or male presenting people who who get tailored clothes or or like care about the fit of their clothes. But like uh, I've never seen somebody struggle with buying clothes like my daughter. Uh, Well, I mean, the entire advertising campaign, the patriarchy, all of that relies on making women feel not good enough if they aren't pretty or attractive or if they don't present themselves in like the most fabulous way possible. And, uh, yeah, I mean, most of the women I date buy a bunch of clothes and don't feel confident enough to wear them because everything around them is saying the prettiest people are stick thin and white with blonde hair. Shorts. The shorts thing has been made. My daughter needs shorts. And this has been a four-month excursion to shorts. And it's like, I just bought two pairs of shorts yesterday. Uh, they just came in the mail today, exactly like the shorts I'm wearing now. Like I found my shorts. Right, but also, also, guys, you you wear t-shirt and shorts. You don't have like camisoles. You don't have. We don't have like skorts, jorts. Everything that for women is supposed to be form fitting, and there's like not a standard thigh size with a waist size. None of that adds up. You know, that's what you're right about. That that is there's no standard. That is the thing that like I've really learned is like oh you know it. You know, I used to see these, I used to see these girls like at school and they would be wearing clothes and it's like, oh, you know, those clothes look good. And it's like, they probably did have closets full of shit that didn't fit right because the goddamn shit's supposed to be form fitting. Everything's supposed to be form. Why is everything got to be form fitting for that? Patriarchy. Yes. So. Sexualization, male gaze. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, so yeah, man, my new car is great. I got the phone hooked up to the Bluetooth. My daughter actually made hers the priority, which really pisses me off. Oh, <laughs> that one bugs me. <laughs> when the person that doesn't listen to music constantly and have a playlist ready to go as soon as they get in the car, you're not the priority. Oh, like, well, she does. Okay. She actually has a dad driving with dad playlist and a driving with mom playlist. Okay. Which I think is the sweetest. Yeah. In the whole wide world. You know? Yeah, it's nice. So, yeah, she has a playlist. It's just, I think it should be me. But then again, it's like, I'll fucking listen to Typo Negative when I'm driving. And it's like, neither one of them want anything to do with that. Yeah. You know, I don't I do not do a good job in, in my life of catering my music to other people. <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> I could DJ a yeah. party or something like that. But I just, 
it's like I don't want to try to figure out music. And, and I've been listening to Cars a lot lately, so I think that's fair. You know? Sure. No one's going to complain about that. Better not. Shit. That's yeah. like the most agreeable music in the world. Yeah. I, when I get in the car, I scan the crowd that I'm with and then try to triangulate what everyone has in common. True. True. You do a pretty good job. I mean, you don't play anything I like, but the truth is, like, nobody likes what I like or you like. Yeah. You know, so we just got to live with that. Yeah. Some of this, my grindcore stuff, someone's told me that it felt like something bad's about to happen. Right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, we do have other stuff going on, right? Yeah. I also bought a car. Yep. He bought, hey, congratulations, Brett. You bought a fucking car, a beautiful Prius. Prius automobile. Yep. It was great. You would buy a Prius. That's such a like street fight guy thing to do. Is it? I, of course. I uh I feel like it's the most practical decision out there. I, I it's tried. so boring. Dude. It's the best option and it's it's not fun. It's not fast, you know, and but it's good on gas and it lasts a long time. And Everybody that I know that I know two couples that own two of them. Yeah. And I know, I know like probably six or seven Prius owners. I really wanted to get one, obviously, uh, because I'm cheap, right? And gas is expensive. So I wanted one. But my wife and my daughter, they must have said the word trunk space 47 fucking times yesterday. Yeah. It was driving me up the wall i'm like what are you fucking hauling what is with all the trunk space and you know what they say you know what they say oh well when we take a road trip you have to bring two box fans i'm like well that's a good point but still it didn't affect the other the other car had piss poor trunk space i think nobody would argue that the kia soul has not but i mean because me and brett would go on tour we'd be gone for fucking a week and week or two and nothing would we it would be impossible to load that car. I remember the days when Nick was going out with us, and it was just like he was crunched up in the back seat with pelican cases and shit like that. So that's true. Yeah. But also, I think that there is a an amount of trunk space that maybe say a sedan would have that is plenty of trunk space. Yeah. We're not hauling shit. Okay. We take yeah. a road trip. We maybe take three road trips a year. You know, well, aren't you planning on taking more? I mean, yeah, I guess. Okay. I mean, my wife is very different from from other wives and that or from me. And she's not impulsive like I am. I mean, you know her pretty well. She's just not an impulsive person. So, yes, we are supposed to be taking more road trips and, and getting out and seeing the country. But I'll believe it when I see it because I'm not going to plan them. Yeah. You know, I don't have any on the books except for Asheville. Yeah. But like, I am the type of dude that would be like, okay, so we finished the podcast on Wednesday. I, we can leave and come back on Monday or Sunday during the day. Like it, it like I can take any time off I want, but she just doesn't do things like that. She yeah. just has to plan the whole thing or write a bunch of lists and shit like that. My, my wife starts packing a week before we leave. I just shove everything into a bag the day we're leaving. I figure you bring. Four pair of underwear, some socks. So yeah, that's why you got to you got to trust her. Then she's thinking ahead of how much trunk space she needs. So you got to just let her make that decision. Brett, when we travel, when we go on this trip to this wedding, shit's gonna be rolling around in that trunk. It's so big, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Uh, my favorite part about buying the Prius is I had to go through the trials of three old wise men. Mm. Um, you were saying that you think they hated you. Uh, yeah, the, the dealership definitely hated me. They were playing country music. There was lots of American flag masks and they sold big giant Buicks. And this was a trade-in for the Prius. And I showed up and looked so fucking out of place. Yeah. You went to a buy here, pay here? Hell no. Oh, you went to a dealership? I went to a real dealership. dealership. Okay. I was going to say, don't go, don't do that. But I mean, I also was like, maybe he did. No, um, one of the things that sucks is that I have no dirtbag credibility anymore. I have a high credit score and I got a good rate and uh, had enough money to put it down, put money down. So I put money it was, down it was actually, if, every time I've gone to go buy a car, I was just like, God, just don't take what they'll offer. Please, you know, just, just walk out. Don't take what they'll, what they're going to offer. They're going to try to fuck you over. Um, the guy, when he texted me and said the car was ready, I, he was like, we ran your numbers. You got a good, you got a good rate. And I was like, what's the rate? And he's like, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll take a look when you get here. And I'm like, all right. He's about to tell me that 18% is like a fucking good, is the best he's seen. It's good for you because yeah. your credit sucks shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't. But so as I'm, as I was test driving the car, uh, there was a noise. There was a squealing noise in the front right area. And so I had to call the people I know that work on cars to figure out what's what might be the problem. And I call my dad. Uh-oh. I'm like, hey, dad, this is doing this. What, what's the noise? Can you, you know, you have to just do the noise. That thing. Um, so then, then, he, then I'm like, all right, thanks. And he goes, hey, hey, Brett, wh- wh- what you going to do about that battery? I'm oh, like, what do you mean? And he's like, what are you going to do about the battery? Like, oh, the big battery? And he was like, yeah, what are you going to do when that blows? And I was like, well, I know I know, like six people that have Priuses. I know two of them that have replaced them. They have a, a name and number and a place to go to for a good deal. It's a, it's a $1,500 buck thing. And I'm like, all right. So then I called Jason, the, the producer. And I was like, hey, Jason, this car is making this noise. I just wanted to get your idea. What do you think it's doing? And uh, he's like, well, I can't say anything over the phone. I got to be there. I got to look at it. Uh, sounds like it could be this or that. And I'm like, all right, I'll let you go. And he goes, hey, w- what about that battery? Oh, <laughs> I was like, I know six people. I know six people. They've got them replaced and tell them that. So then when I go to pick the car up, the guy Uh-oh. is, uh, he sits me down and he's like, I looked at the pro. I looked at the brochure for the Prius, man. That's that's a pretty sweet ride, man. I, I didn't. I haven't really seen one before. He's like, but uh, what are you gonna do about that battery? What about that big battery? And so I had to do it every single guy. And they all think that it's a plug-in electric. Like one of them was like one of them. My dad was like, how do you plug it in and all this shit? And they have no idea. They just are. They just think that like you're driving around with a four thousand dollar maintenance bill underneath you, basically. So can I? Can I? also just say like it's a four thousand dollar battery right like that's what you're looking at no no my friend justin got it for 15 okay so it's a fifteen hundred dollar battery i think that's worth it i mean i would hate to pay for it yeah don't get me wrong i hate paying for shit bought a i bought a whole bunch of shit on that kia but i think that's fine a fifteen hundred dollar car repair and I just think they hate that car. They hate them. They They hate them. They are never. Someone asked in the chat said, have I got, has someone rolled coal on me yet? And I just realized that is something that could happen in Ohio. It is. I'll say this. It's a shitty looking car. I'm going to tell you the truth. And I don't mean to like be rude or anything like that. Just an awful looking car. But 
I think it seems fine. Very practical, very affordable. The payments are not a lot. I like an Escort. Back in the day, people would drive Ford Escorts. Like, my dad had one. And it was always like you would just kind of, like, snicker at the Ford Escort. But this one saves money on gas. So people are like, no, I mean, that's a highly reputable choice. And I agree. It's also shaped aerodynamically. So it looks just like a big fucking egg. Just awful looking car. But... I know. I couldn't believe I was good doing purchase. I couldn't believe I was doing I couldn't believe I bought a practical car with a good interest rate. And now, Uh-oh. now the Miata fund starts. This is when I'm going to start socking away $200 a month until I can go pay cash for a Miata. That is true. He is trying to get a Miata. So I can also say you have two awful looking cars. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yep. <laughs> two so disgusting cars. I will actually be able to make fun of... Your, I will be able to make fun of your your Kia, or not Kia, your Miata, because my dad drives a Miata, mm-hmm. which has soured me on Miatas. You yeah, know? it's midlife crisis time also, for me. Also, it looks like a goofball fucking car, like you're sticking out of it, it's just something. So, you got a new car. Hey, congratulations on yes. getting a new car. I think that's great. Yes. You know? Finally. Yeah. Now, um, the reason that I had to get the car is... Uh, Something that's hard to talk about, um, but because it is a part of my job, um, I'm going through some changes. I mentioned personal stuff a couple weeks ago. I, well, first of all, I, I'm not making him do this, by the way. Like, this isn't like me saying you have to do this. I am uh, uh, supporting your decision. I waited until you were ready to do it. Yes. Um, so basically what's going on right now is, uh, me and Erica are getting separated and definitely getting divorced. So I'm going to be moving into my own apartment and I'm going to have my own Toyota Prius. A hot plate. A hot plate. A fucking neon sign just out the window. Milk crates to sit on. Milk crates. (laughs) Lawn furniture. Movie tape. Movie posters hung up with scotch tape. And then one, like, immaculately decorated room for your daughter. <laughs> yes. And then one, yes, beautiful, amazing Pier 1 room. Yeah. It's going to sleep on an REI cot in, like, a room with nothing on the walls and all of his clothes folded neatly against the wall. And it's just going to be this one room that's like a, a the room of a princess. Like, aren't we having fun over here? <laughs> yeah. So, um... You know, for anybody that follows along, uh, please don't assume any jokes I made about my relationship over the last year were true at all. Uh, I'm a great storyteller. I'm not a great truth teller. Um, so there's also going to, there's no, it's all amicable. There's no like beating, cheating or addiction or anything like that going on. It's an amicable thing. And we're doing like the, uh, the cold play thing, the Gwyneth Paltrow and cold play, the conscious uncoupling. That thing. Yeah, that's the way Brett described it when it was explained, too. We're doing an uncoupling, okay? We're going to begin to decouple. Yeah. And it's just not... I mean, it's funny, okay? It's not funny that you're getting divorced. It's funny. There's a lot of funny There is a lot of funny stuff (laughs) going on. I will say that I've had a few laughs along the way. (laughs) But I, I also will say that, like, it does... It it was like... we have a tight knit group that we run with. It's all couples too. There's only one other single person and she's crazy. And, uh, um, but now 
everybody had to figure out how it affected them, which I thought was the wildest fucking part of the whole thing, including me. I mean, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't no, I, I felt that way. I mean, before I sent the text message to everybody, I just I just knew people, I knew it would be upsetting to hear. You know, I would hate to hear if it happened to any of y'all. And then it's also like, well, shit, what are birthdays going to be like? Or, you know, how different is this going to be? I kind of. How, how cordial can you actually be? And I got like nervous actually about my wife leaving me at that point immediately i went and hugged her and said hey you know uh I, you know i love you so much you're the greatest of all time you know what yeah. i mean which by the way it's funny about four days into this brett had been talking to tom sexton and brett sent me and my wife a text that said me and tom agree that katie is a g <laughs> and i'm like great so now if something happens i'm 100 percent the bad guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fucked it up. I mean, that's I, true, though. Actually, if something happened between me and my wife, there's no way for me to be the good guy in that situation. But, you yeah. know. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. There's been, I've been trying, like, there, it's ups and downs, and it's been a few days now. But at the beginning, there was sad days. I mostly feel good about it, and I think Erica does, too. And I think we're both ready to... To be our best selves, and I think it'll help Charlotte and make our relationships better. Um, but right. there was moments, though, at, like at the beginning, like two days in, like waking up, like realizing it's actually going to happen. And I would wake up and I just had this weird feeling and I was home with Charlotte all day alone. And I'm like, oh, I want to cry so bad right now. And I held it in. and I waited all day and I was just like, I could I felt it. And I'm like, just get it out. Don't avoid it. Don't shove your feelings down. Feel bad when you feel bad. And honor that. Yeah. Um, so then Erica gets home from work and I'm like, hey, I'm going to go take a nap upstairs. And I just start, I go upstairs, I turn off all the lights and I start playing like the saddest country music ever. Tonight the bottle let me down. Um, if drinking don't kill me, her memory will. Oh, that's a fucking good song though. That song bangs. But the funny thing is, is so then as soon as that's the one that got me, if drinking don't kill me, her memory will. I could feel it. I, the welling started and I started crying. And then it was kind of done. And then I started laughing out loud because I felt so pathetic sitting in that room, listening to that sad song and, and like blubbering like a baby. And I really thought I was like, I'm going to cry for 90 minutes straight. I'm going to cry for 10 years of relationship, you know, and I, I could, I mustered up like three minutes and was like, all right, I just had to get, I just had to get that out. There was a, like two ounces of tears in there that needed to fucking uh, uh, get out of there. Yeah. I mean, I was sort of. You know, we've been joking about it for the past couple weeks, but at first I was like genuinely super worried about you. Uh, I talked about this before the show, but I'll, I'll bring it up now. How awful of a friend I am is that uh, uh, I had therapy today and I was like, I was like, well, you know, I could tell that he was pissed off about it. I was like, things weren't going great. But I just figured it was me. So I just kind of was like, well, let's not have that conversation. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I didn't want to have the conversation where it would be like, yes, you are pissing me off or you're making me this. And I was just like, uh, uh, but it's, it's also a very, as somebody that's very close to you, it is something that I, when I think about it now and we have conversations now, 
it was very apparent yeah. while it was going bad. Like that, like, uh, um, it's, and, and I've, I've heard, um, a bad marriage is like bad breath. Everybody knows it except for you. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't know though. Sure. I, I, I really, you know, what's funny about it or, or weird about it is that like the things that you have brought up that weighed on you were things that I think everybody thought were positives to you. And like, that is the part that you have to square like with it, like sort of the, like, uh, uh, you know, I, just things like, oh, she's not online. She doesn't know what you do. She she doesn't care that much about kind of your job yeah. sort of thing, right? Like, it was always like, well, I mean, maybe he likes that because he has to spend all of his time right. doing this thing. So maybe that's cool. But then when you get out on the other side of this, you're like, I would not like it if my wife didn't care about what I do. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, my wife cares immensely about what I do, asks about it to a point where it annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. I mean, oh God, sometimes Brett, she'll be like, I'll be like, I got to run up and, you know, do, do a podcast at nine. Oh, with who? Oh, you don't fucking know. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, what do you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, relationship changed over time. And when we started, I wasn't doing the show or making any money from it. So, or just, we were just starting it. Um, but the funniest part to me, was uh, we got in like we got in an argument that kind of set the fuse uh, on a Thursday night, but, and, and then on Friday, on Friday, I called my parents and was like, "Hey, will you take Charlotte this weekend?" And Erica was like, "We're going to have a longer talk when Charlotte is gone." And so Saturday we go jump in the van and we're going to go drop off Charlotte, me and Erica and Charlotte, and her phone connects to the to the van. She's a priority there. And as we're driving there, I notice all the songs are like angry fucking riot girl <laughs> punk and shit that I've never heard. And it's just like, chop it off, chop it off, chop it off. I don't need a man to tell me what the fuck to do. Luna chicks. There's a band called mommy long legs that has this good song. But basically as we're driving, I was just like, gulp. Uh, I, I guess I think I know where this conversation is going. Like I've, I've kind of figured it out, but was it, I mean, just, from just out of curiosity, was it a conversation that you just maybe think you would have never had, had it not been her saying like, we need to have a conversation. I mean, like how long do you think you, you probably would have just sort of dealt with the discomfort? I can't say, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't have, I don't know. I mean, I felt, I, I don't know. I felt things were changing. I don't think, I think that I knew, um, you know, once you start having that, once you have that thought of like, maybe I should figure out what my life would be in a different way. I mean, that's when the just, it cuts off. And then like the other person knows immediately, like they just know that you disconnected completely. And I think that, you know, you just have to go through with it at that point. You know, if, right. if you're, if you're thinking maybe we shouldn't be together, um, your, your foot's in the grave. Right. And now here's, here's another thing that we got to talk about. This is, this is very difficult because, like, you will start dating, and then at some point, you're going to meet somebody that you like, probably. I mean, 
We don't know. At some point, you're going to meet somebody that you like, and you're going to have to introduce them to me. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like hell, actually. It's not the worst. I mean, there's just a vetting process. Oh, hey, I got... Well, okay, okay. I like you a lot, but there's something you might not know about me. I have to take you to this guy who is always going to be around. And it is an enormous pain in the ass. But, you know, the thing about me, though, that for sh- for for real, though, it, is that, like, I am not mean. And I, like, will do anything not to be confrontational. And uh, uh, even if I didn't like this person, I would always just pretend to like them. And and that would be fine. You yeah, know? I mean, but I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to deal with somebody that didn't get along with you or my friends. I mean, that's that's the big thing. You don't want to have like a black sheep fucking like a girlfriend, like, like a girlfriend that nobody likes. Or, I I did that. I heard with- somebody complaining about like, yeah, so and so got married for the second time, which really sucks because their first husband was like my favorite guy in the fucking world, and this new guy sucks ass. You know, I, dude, I I know somebody. Uh, uh, I mean, okay, so the guy. The, the first husband was terrible, right? Like, in hindsight, he's terrible. But, like, there, w- my wife had that situation in her family where there was a guy that was around for 10 years or whatever, however long they were married, and then they decided to get divorced, and it was just like... Then she married a guy that, like, drives a Miata. <laughs> What's and- wrong with that? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm serious. She married a Miata guy that wears like affliction shirts and shit like that. And just like, I mean, the truth is he wants to be my friend really bad. So I shouldn't say he's a bad guy. I would just say that he sucks. You okay. know what I mean? Like he really, like if I don't show up, my Katie will be like, he was asking where you were, what you, what you were doing. He's a Trump guy. I don't even like know why he would want to be my friend, but I guess he just has like this vibe with me. He yeah. thinks me and him could really vibe together if we didn't talk about politics. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, that's a little bit guzz bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other, the, so the other, fun, the other funny moment was uh, so Saturday that happened. We decided we're getting, we decided it's, it's going to happen, and then on Monday we sat down and had a talk that was like way more emotional and more just revealing all this stuff and. And I said to you, I think, I think I said to you on Sunday, I was like, I don't know, man. It seems like it, I don't know. It seems like it could go either way. I don't, I don't know where things are at. And then I signed into the Amazon account and I saw that you ordered a vibrator. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, it's over. It's fucking over. I'm done. This nail in the coffin for me. Uh, can't compete with that. No, you can't. You definitely can't <laughs> and compete it, with that. I'm going to check the Amazon account of my house now. See, you got me thinking. Not kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but then, then from there, I mean, it's mostly just been trying to find, like, trying to find a place and trying to find a car, which I've done. And that's all I need. I think I'm good. Yeah. I don't know what but your furniture is going to be and all that stuff, but I'm just going to, like, pretend to just ignore it, you know, because I'm probably not going to go over the apartment very much. Yeah. You told me that it's going to be like a secret, a secret apartment that people don't go to. I mean, if anybody goes there, it might be me. But like, even then, I, I, you know, I can't imagine when. It's not the spot. It's not the spot for anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, and that's the other thing. The basement shows are going to turn into we're going to be here 
until the TV show's done filming, which should be mid-June. Yeah. And then we are moving and going to a... We're, we're going to go to a place. It, it, another funny thing about when you hear your friend gets divorced, you're like, what are they going to do with the house? I don't even like understand what's going on with the house. You know, especially since the studio's in the house and it can't, it could be in my house, but it would be a tight squeeze. Yeah. It's in the, yeah. <laughs> I, f- I found some, I found some promising places. Um, once I'm, once I'm on my own and I have like a week to do my own thing, I will, I will, jump on my bike and go ride around and look at a bunch of commercial real estate and we'll find something that's in our price range that's, you know, as at least as big as this room and we can move there. It'll be cool too because post-COVID and e- if it's nice, if it's even if, if it's the size of this room, but if it's bigger than this room post-COVID, we might be able to have like audiences and put on little parties and shit like that. So like that kind of stuff will be really neat. I, I Actually, it's funny when we decided we were going to get our space. I looked at my wife. Mind you, I don't drink. I looked at my wife. I'm like, we got to get a kegerator. <laughs> I feel like that's what you got to do. <laughs> and do a Silicon Valley office. Well, I just feel like when two dudes get an office, they're like, bro. Brewskies. Kegerator. And I'll never touch it. Can we get a kegerator and put root beer in it? Okay. We get kegged root a beer. A keg of root beer. And then mm. like frost then- top. Is that what it's called? Yeah, there's a few of them. Rambling House. Oh yeah, that's a good make some, and they make kegs. So we could get a keg. We could get two kegerators because I think they're only like fifty bucks a piece. We get two kegerators. We'll get a real keg with whatever weird craft beer Brett wants in it, and we'll get another one with root beer. And then like we'll be able to be like, hey, you know, I'm gonna hit some root beer up. (laughs) You know, anybody want a frosty mug of root beer? Yeah, and we'll get a Mortal Kombat three. Uh, uh, cabinet I would like to get, but no, seriously, it's just going to be like the office and, uh, we'll be streaming there. That is when you're going to get your streams. Yeah. You're going to get a lot more streams. I failed the drunk driving test with Tanya. Um, the computer I have is like seven years old. Uh, so we are going to use our PPP loan money to outfit the studio with computers and hardware that stays where it's at and allows us to go in and just flick a switch and start streaming. And when it's, it's not tied to where Brett lives, that means that if I can flick a switch, I can go, but I mean, he's a single guy now, so he'll probably be in the office all the time. I imagine that's going to actually be the spot. Yeah. My apartment's not the spot, but the studio may be the spot. It's it'd be like an after hours club sort of thing. Now I'm just, an after hours club. I mean, it could turn into one, right? I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. We could have, well, no, not an official one with a liquor license. Actually, you can't have a liquor license for an after hours club, but it is no. like a thing where if you go out to the bar at night and we need somewhere to go afterwards. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it, then that rules out like most of your office buildings, but if we can find uh, a warehouse type deal somewhere. Hell yeah, baby. Tiny warehouse. Okay, so now I wanted to get into... So that's what's going on in the street fight world. Yep. Uh, I'm sure it will develop and evolve over time. I seriously... uh, Brett will tell you, I have actually not been awful through this. So just a round of applause for me also. You yeah. Know. When you went over on that Tuesday night, uh, you put your phone away and you sat on your elbows and 
kicked your heels back and forth uh, and laid on your belly and listened to me talk. Well, and you is- ask you ask qualifying questions. You asked for more details. You were you didn't think about what you were going to say next or tell me a story that's kind of like what I'm going through. Can I tell you, I've been working on that for about 12 years. That was my moment uh-huh. of like, this is everything I want to be. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Here's like, your this test. is the good guy. This is like where I, I'm nice. I'm a good guy. And I'm going to be a good guy right now. But I do have to clarify something. I put my phone away a lot at home at night. Okay. <laughs> but, but like, you know, I, I usually I, just shut it off. I usually just power it down. I would never turn my phone off. That to me is crazy behavior. But, uh, no, I mean, you know, when I go up to bed, shit, I plug it in and it's just the way. And it's like, I don't, you have to power yours down because it's like an iPhone three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a new phone now that you're, you know, how are you going to do like, tinder and all that on that phone it oh. probably doesn't even work show up with a cracked phone oh buddy yeah they're gonna look at your phone that's something brett did I, try tinder i i didn't well i also told brian i also told tom i was like i'm kind of re- regretting buying buying all these fake designer clothes because now it gives like it presents the idea that i have enough money to buy like a 1400 dollars gucci sweatshirt <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, it's like now I don't want to be seen in this. Like you should have went with the hundred dollar shit, like I do. The yeah, hundred dollar high beast stuff, right? Because you can maintain that lifestyle, right? Right. You know, and people are still like, "Wow, this guy's a high beast." You know, <laughs> sure, sure. You know, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, y- y- but yeah, I did tinder, try. T- I did take like Tinder. Brett is not a Tinder guy. I'm not. No. I didn't think I, it, it would be. I, I'm I, not also. I'm not also trying to move on that quickly. I think that it's just one of those things in my. I have so much. I feel like I'm just stuck in place until I have my own apartment. But and I went down there to do preliminary research. You can't say, and married people out there. I've been married for 20 years. This is, or I've been married for 10 or 12. But you know, I've been with my wife for 20 years. And I can't say that I've never been curious of even what Tinder looks like. I know. You know what That's I mean? Thing like too. I, I used to think about it like I don't even know what it looks like or what you do on there or any of that stuff. So I mean, if my wife was like, we're getting divorced, I would be on Tinder the next day. That doesn't mean that I'm moving on and I'm ready to have a bunch of sex. You know what I mean? That means that like I really need to, I, I gotta find out what the hubbub is. When it, when it popped off, when all that stuff popped off and people were talking about it and there was jokes and there's screenshots and there's all these things, I feel so out of the loop. And I also was like, you know, I'm in a committed relationship. I do not even want to have to explain how that was That's like, Hey, I was looking at the downloaded apps on the, on the app store and uh, Tinder was on there, you know? And I was like, Nope, I don't want to know. I don't want to mess with it. But I, I mean, I do spend a majority of my time reading social media comments. Like I am most fascinated by humans. Like that's really what interests me is seeing how people act and put themselves online. Uh, and then I was like, well, now I can do it. <laughs> now I can see what the fuck this thing is like. It's interesting. It, it It is like, to me, it's like, I don't know what it looks like. I'll probably look at yours someday and just be like, what is it? Okay. That's what it is. You know? Uh, uh, Cause I, I didn't, First of all, when I say I didn't date in the age of apps, I should really just clarify with I didn't date. 
You know what I mean? Like right. with my wife since I'm 19. I don't even know what it's like. But I will say this. It's not something I miss. It does sound like hell to me. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it was all, I mean, it was all the most, like I, I was, it's not for me. There's not anybody on there for me. There, it was the most basic ass, um, white ladies I've ever seen. There's like, there's nothing we're going to have in, they're not going to be happy to see me. No, no, you, you they don't want to put up with your, your yeah. politics. Yeah. They're not going to want to hear what, you know, about some of the extraction processes for their favorite items. Yes. Yes. Or like, yeah. Also, you're just like. You have to explain the drug stuff, you know, which seems like a huge hassle for a basic white lady. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, no, cocaine is like, I kind of like it, <laughs> to tell you the truth, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't mind it. I, I don't mind cocaine at all. Or, yeah, or like, I mean, I, I, I microdose acid, you know? Yeah. If I, if I feel bad when I wake up, I'll just microdose acid. True, true. So, uh, speaking of drugs, I was on Nextdoor this week. I went back to Nextdoor because uh, I saw something that caught... You, know, you check your email sometimes and you'll get a Nextdoor. Do you get the Nextdoor emails? I live for them. I do too. I com- it's the reason I have 30 tabs open all the time is when I go through my emails, I sort through... I go through the emails, I look for all my transaction emails and I enter that into the money and and organize all of that. Um, and then I open up Columbus Navigator, which is a local news site that posts, like, we'll send you an email with seven of the top stories of the day. And then next door, every next door I get, I right click and send, op- I click open a new tab. And I go through the emails. And then when I'm done with it all, I'm like, all right, what's going on in next door? I cannot tell you how much I love next door. It's good. Um, but I, uh, so I found out that there is an unruly Airbnb in the Harrison West neighborhood. Really? Of, uh, yeah, there's an unruly Airbnb. People are talking outside. At three in the morning? That's what they say. I mean, to tell you the truth, me and Brad have been the unruly Airbnb. So, like, that's why people don't want to move in next to Airbnbs. Yeah. Anywhere? Yeah, I mean, there's been lots of stories. There's been lots of story, very weird interactions and and communities that are torn apart because they let 12 people stay at an Airbnb and they're screaming and yelling in the middle of the night. Yeah, it that is the point where it's like, maybe Airbnb is not good. Yeah, we were going to light off firecrackers in Nashville. <laughs> we were staying at an Airbnb and it was like, oh, we probably shouldn't. We actually probably shouldn't do that. That was another moment of like clarity, I think, for us. Yes. I mean... We've had a few moments where we're, we've done, we've said or done something smart, you know, and that, that was one. The, remember, we did get, we did stay at the Airbnb on Hellfire and the lady accused us of making a trash can full of roaches, like joint roaches. And we were like, okay, that's impossible though. Oh yeah. She, yeah. And she took, she sent a picture of like a piece of weed on the ground. Yes. Yes. And was and it was like nobody in this house would leave any fucking weed behind. Nobody here is like throwing buds off the counter, you know. And who cares? It's weed, you know. But so anyway, um, so anyway, I go on next door, and let me see. I you know I should have screen capped the thing because the air, unruly Airbnb wasn't what caught my eye, right? It was a a let me get it here. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up here because it was a post about 
I do have it. I do have it. A screen cap of it. Let's uh I'm gonna read you this post and it's gonna kinda lead into uh um what I think is interesting about this. God damn it, Brian, you take there too many pictures. One really gross fucking next door thing I saw. Um there was somebody posting as Kyle Rittenhouse. Jesus. Yeah, talking about crime rates and shit and trying to get people all riled up about like how the neighborhood has changed cuz like across the freeway there's a there's been an uptick in in, you know, police reports, you know, like not even like There's been a lot of shootings in the city lately. Yeah, yeah. But not around here. Well, but I get the next door for over there. Like they do it for like a mile away, mile or two away. Okay, okay, yeah. There, there's been an uptick in shootings. That is something that's actually happening. But here's here's the thing I saw, Brett. I think this says everything about next door too. Scary activity. Yesterday, I discovered an unsettling mess in my side yard. I found four lighters. Oh God! Cigarette packages. Drug paraphernalia, cigarette butts, parentheses, dozens. Ooh. I mean, if you're hanging outside with your drug paraphernalia and and your um, lighters, I mean, what do you think? You just smoke one cigarette? Yeah. You know, this was people chopping it up and having like a night together. You know, we're fucking talking here, man. I'm smoking cigarettes, you know, probably really having like an important conversation. Yeah. Probably one of them probably getting divorced. And then the other one's talking to him like, yeah, man, that's fucked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's kind of shit that happens, you know? And uh, uh, broken open washer pods and a silicone brush on a cord. Okay? Tide pods, Brett. Broken open, though. They're drinking them? They were broken open. And then I don't know what a silicone brush on a cord is. Do you? What's a silicone brush? That's like a like a toilet brush, but it has like a one of those plastic heads, like one of the heads that are made out of those flimsy muffin tins. And it's on a cord. Yeah, I don't know what you would use that scrub, for. That is kind of freaky. I have a scrub brush that has a silicone head on it. Okay. For my toilet. Yeah, but I mean, okay. So anyway, and it was all right outside of my family room where we spend a lot of time. What? We haven't heard anything. Obviously, someone spent a lot of time there. There's a six-foot fence and about a four feet from the house to the fence. It's pretty well hidden from the street and dark. Guessing it's time for another camera since the ones in the front and back haven't caught anything. <laughs> Does anybody know what the detergent pods are about? <laughs> um, I don't... Cause for alarm. Here's what I think. I'm going to... I'm going to... Go, I'm going to explain what happened first. Some motherfucker pulled up in front of this person's house and dumped everything out of their car. They cleaned their car. A kid. Yeah, probably a teen. Maybe even an, an older adult. Anybody. They cleaned their fucking car out. You, you know what, ma'am? You live in the city. Okay? And in the city, you don't get to fucking make all kinds of rules for everybody. Yeah. You know? And a motherfucker will just clean his car out. In front of your house. That's just the way things are. Uh, uh, or there is the chance that there is a bus that leaves the jail every day. And it takes people to the short north. Okay. Just past it. And maybe 
they were like they dumped their cigarette but but you don't have cigarette butts at jail so it's just somebody cleaning out their fucking car it's not nefarious no. is what i'm trying to get at this doesn't sound scary to me she's like i damn i i swear to god someone committed a crime but our, our cameras didn't catch anything yeah oh it's a scary situation happening out there i'm terrified and like none of that scares me brett none of it the drug paraphernalia what what do you think it's like papers maybe like a, a pack of joint papers or blunt yeah somebody in, someone in the chat bluish zulu said uh the the silicone brush could be for cleaning a piece or something of some sort maybe Boom. there it is right but there. it doesn't say like chore boy or anything it doesn't say like straight glass pipes or anything like that the tide pods to me are make me just think kid immediately there's i guess you knew you were do maybe you were maybe you're going, yeah, maybe you took them to the laundromat and they blew up in your car and you just Driving you were parked there and you were like, I want all this out of here. And you just fucking grabbed it and threw it all on the ground. Bingo. Because when I drove, when I had to go to the laundromat, this was pre COVID. I got a washer like right before COVID very luckily. And uh, uh, I used to have to go to the laundromat. I had Tide Pods in my car all the fucking time because the laundromat, it sucks to bring non-tide pods. You know, you you want to bring the pods. Okay. You mean you can get the cheaper pods, but now my family makes me get tide pods because apparently they smell better. So somebody answered this question. Okay. Yeah, I love this. This is, this is good. There's lots of also on next door like gang signs, and then people are like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard about them. That's the killer crew. They're they're a section of the Bloods. They've been they're responsible for all the shootings on Sullivan Avenue. So there's all kinds of sixty year old men that think they can decrypt gang signs. That's cop. Maybe ex cops or yeah, guys yeah, that, that know cops. Yeah, you know, because that's something about the shield. Is like there's 80 gangs and and like one of the things that makes Vic Mackey Vic Mackey is like he knows all the gangs. Sure. You know what I mean? So I think there's probably a lot of cops that are like, no, man, that's the Sixth Street Posse. I, I don't know if you've heard about them. about 40 of them. You know, yeah. they're basically like a well-trained paramilitary force. <laughs> Tight knit crew. There's a capo. Nobody. Nobody is ever in the same room as the leader. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, these gangs are not. No, it's fucking teenagers. It, it is teenagers that are mostly just hanging out smoking weed together. Yeah. And they I have know, a can of paint. You get in an argument, you, you shoot at each other, or, or somebody gets killed, but mostly it's just people hanging out. Yeah. You know? Um, they aren't going, the gangs aren't going door to door and asking for protection money. It's the killer crew. <laughs> yeah. It's KC. That's Killer Crew. It's Killer. It's always a bad name. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's the you worst. The, the beheaders. That's the behead. That's the West Side beheaders. Yeah. <laughs> or or they won't get. They don't want to get creative, so it's just always MS thirteen. Always. Yeah. That's a popular one too. Man, because there is a a uh, uh, apartment complex. They they tore it down a few years ago because there was a tragic fire there where it burnt. But they would just say that place is all MS thirteen. All the time. Yeah. The, like, uh, Columbus has this, this like, thing where, and maybe it's like this in every city, but there's always, like, an apartment complex that has, like, a ton of mystique to it. When I was growing up, there was an apartment complex called Greenbrier Estates, I think is what it was called. But if you ask anybody that's 10 years older than me about Greenbrier, they'll call it Uzi Alley. 
they always called it Uzi Alley. And and the Lincoln Park was was the other one. And they just would say, that's MS-13. That's like, basically, that's a no-go zone. That's where MS-13 is. And what it does is, is it makes it so the cops can go harass regular-ass people. All the yeah, time. poor people. That, that's why they do it. Yeah. yeah. But like, uh, uh, people really do think they know. The, the thing is, and this is something that's always made me crazy, is people think they know the city that never go to the city. Yeah. You know, that's the real thing. Like, like I have a friend whose dad is, they, I have a friend who lives downtown, lives in a very nice house and their parents are always worried about them and like, will fucking when the black lives matter stuff was going on, they were like, Hey, is everything okay at your house? That is three miles to three to four miles away from any of that stuff. But they think the whole urban center is burning burning all the time so they they love to bring up the killer crew or the short north posse or the uh uh i i, I can't come up with any good names but they 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 always have like such remember that time we looked up old gang names and there was one called the errol flynn <laughs> yeah yeah that's the only one i want to bring up that's that the was errol flynn the detroit and there was more than one there was like the errol flynn's and like the mighty flynn's or something yeah and, and like, errol flynn's too <laughs> yeah Just, there was a lot of people that were like into way into errol flynn in detroit he was the coldest <laughs> so here's our answer that i decided is the right answer Gotcha. Apparently, Tide Pods can be traded for drugs and or people ingesting them for a, quote, Tide Pod challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so. I mean, you, you, you can't buy Tide Pods for drugs. Um, you have to go through an exchange where you would go to the flea market and take a bunch of stolen Tide Pods and give them to the detergent person. And then they would give you cash. And then, like... Then you would go to the drug person. I don't think you can give them straight up Tide Pods. Yes. So I was like, where did this person hear that Tide Pods are are like worth trading for drugs? Like you can't go to the drug dealer and hand him five Tide Pods and get something for that. But if you go, I've been to more than one flea market now and there is just a booth with somebody standing there and they have... Tide pod stacked eight feet high, or Tide detergent stacked eight feet high behind them. Okay. And it's like fell off a truck type stuff. But like they boosted the Tide. Yeah. 50% on the dollar, 50% of whatever the retail is on it. Like it's yours out the door. Yeah. Those Tide pods are expensive as fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, I, I, I was a big Purex guy for years. It was just like, I use Purex because Purex is $4 when the Tide is 11 so why would I use Tide? I, I don't even know like what in your, and then I had a kid and a wife that decided you have to use Tide. So what I did was I traced this, I Googled this and wow. I ended up on a website, drugfree.org, partnership to end addiction. Whoa. And uh, Tide detergent stolen, traded for drugs, law enforcement and retail officials say. This is a story from 2013. Law enforcement and retail officials say Tide detergent is being sold, and sold, stolen, and traded for drugs. Liquid Tide or Tide Pods are also being sold, as you said, at open swap meets and secret meetings, according to the press enterprise. Secret meetings. It's tight. And, and you know, the, when the I, Tide Pod Mafia, they're like, they're moving them. 
we Chicago's blowing up. People are people are getting more washer dryer units in their houses. We got to get more shipments to Chicago. <laughs> Detergent is fairly easy to steal. False. And difficult to trace, law enforcement officials say. How is detergent easy to steal? It seems like the hardest thing to steal. And also, yeah, like thinking about, just thinking about the exchange rate too. It's it's 20 bucks for like the huge bottle. Let's say that your dealer's going to sell it for 10 and they're going to give you five for it. Like how, how many, I'm trying to have a good time. How many of those do I got to fucking steal? And if you fill a whole cart with Tide, it's going to weigh 400, 500 pounds. You can't just like dump that. You can't just unload those into a truck. No, they would come and arrest you immediately. Like I am trying to think of things in a grocery store harder to steal than laundry detergent. All I can think is bag dog food, like the big bags of <laughs> yeah. dog food. That's probably pretty hard. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Uh Bread, I think, is kind of hard to steal. I mean, I don't mind stealing bread from the mouths of decadence. <laughs> Thank you. You know? I'm going hungry. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I just think bread smushes. It's like you can't get the bread out in like a quality it's way. All, it's price. I mean, yeah, bread's only a few dollars. Yeah, you got to use those $20 things. But, but I would love to hear maybe Sunday night even, and then maybe me and you can game this out now. How do you steal uh, laundry detergent? How would you, Brett Payne, if you were like, I'm desperate, I need to get drugs, and I'm going to do it by stealing Tide, do you think you could figure out a way to steal? What? Because here's what I think. I'll give you mine. Okay. I can give you mine. You got to know somebody in the store. That's yeah, that's I was thinking inside job was that's like I would work at Walmart and I would just set them outside by the trash and then go have my friend go pick them up or something. Exactly. You would have to you would you would have to be able to get them out the back door. Yeah, there's no walk before they, the front door. Right. Right. Before they go, before they enter the warehouse, you need to just sideload some of them. There is maybe here's another concept I've. I've thought about uh, just a, th this is another interesting concept. I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Maybe I go into the store, I fill a cart with detergent and then I just don't scan all of them. I scan a few of them uh -huh. and then I get a lot of them for free. But the issue with this is if you're selling, if you're using the tide to get drugs, then you probably don't have the money to pay for the few that you would have. Like, I'll say, let's just for an example, we're going to put 12 bottles of Tide in the cart and then scan six. Yeah. You know, but you then, you know, you're 120 bucks in at that point. You probably should just go buy the drugs with 120 bucks. Right. Right. <laughs> um, Jacob Baldwin has a good one in here. Steal a credit card number. Like if you had a fake credit card that you could run or a checkbook that you could fake and you could just le legit go say, Hey, I'm going to go buy, I'm going to say, I'm going to go donate these all to charity. I'm buying 100, uh, 100 tide packages, you know, for $2,000. And then you go sell that for a thousand. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. So if we're stealing credit card numbers, that is probably how 
That's how you can get them out the door. It. Yeah. It's just interesting that they say detergent is fairly easy to steal, and it seems the other uh, uh, the other side of that though. And Jacob, uh, Jacob, you're right, and that's probably the way it works. But then we're we're we got to take the other side of this. Stealing detergent is relatively low in risk compared with other types of crime they add, which then suggests to you that they don't want to fuck with credit fraud. You know what I mean? So they don't want to use a fake credit card because then that ratchets up the crime. Yeah. So the cops seem to think that it is very easy to steal laundry detergent. Well, I'm a divorce now, so I'm going to go ahead and just go undercover and get a job in the Tide Mafia and see if I can figure out how it all works. I'll come back and report to all of you. I mean, I, I, I would say <laughs> that it's probably the credit thing because, to be honest, criminals don't think about the uh, uh, result. The, the, uh, they don't think about it. It's brute fo- there's brute force, and then there's gaming the system. I think it's, it's someone is throwing... If someone's unloading one box into the back of their truck when they're unloading the truck from Walmart, and then I think people are going out the front door. So it says a 150-ounce bottle of Tide that sells for $18 can be exchanged for $5 in cash. I call. I knew the system. Or $10 worth of marijuana or crack cocaine, according to New York Magazine. Yeah, I always like to barter and drug. I don't like to turn it into fiat because, like, my the value of my stuff is not what I paid for it. <laughs> um, oh, here we go. Riverside, California Police Lieutenant Dan Hoxmeyer said that thefts often involve three people someone to identify the product a second person to make sure no one's watching this is bullshit no one's watching and loads the cart and a third who pushes the cart out of the store this is that is cops lying that yeah is they would have your license line. plate you could get three in the back before you had to run away yeah we used to steal watermelons we'd pull up and go and unload like five or six watermelons um, what are you stealing watermelons for? So that you could like throw them off bridges and shit, oh, or like th- shoot them with guns. I thought you were gonna say like you were stealing watermelons because you and your friends just like loved watermelons. No, because we'd be driving down the street and someone would just take a watermelon and throw it on the ground, and we would laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of Gallagher's. That, that, uh, that you know who actually does that is the Gallagher gang. Yeah, the Gallagher gang. The gang on the west side of Columbus. It's the Gallagher gang. They got they, they carry mallets. Yep, they carry mallets in their uh belt loop. They they tie a mallet to their belt loop and they throw watermelons for fun, just for fun. Yeah. They'll fucking steal watermelons and throw them just for fun. Right through your windshield. Don't park on yep. the street. They'll throw a watermelon right through your windshield. And they'll kill you, which is a huge deal. You don't want that to happen. Yeah, I would say the the best the best thing to steal that I've also seen at the flea market is makeup. I mean, there's lots of makeup that's $20 that is like this big. Yeah, that, see, that makes sense though. That's easy. You can fill, you could, you could get a thousand dollars of makeup from a CP, CVS in one big ass bag. Yeah. Yeah. It says here in, from the New York, New York article, uh, Thompson review, this is a loss prevention guy said he reviews, reviewed weeks worth of Safeway security footage. He found that more than two dozen thieves working in crews were regularly raiding the store's household products aisle, sometime returning more than once in the same day, and avoiding detection by timing their heist to follow clerk shift changes. That's like that's like so, Ocean's Eleven. So dude. good. That's Ocean's Eleven shit, Brett. Yeah, you went in, you hang out, you figure out, you talk to somebody. What time do you get off? 
You can, I mean, any like that's also the only conversation that most cashiers at Walmart are willing to have with you. If you say, "What do you? What time are you getting off tonight?" They're always like, "I got three more hours to go." Yeah. So then you know you can get that information very easily. I mean, if you work at if you've ever worked at a grocery store, you know that like one crew of people gets off at four usually or three, and the next crew of people come in. Because there is the after work, there's the morning rush, and then there's the after work rush. Yeah. Is is how that works. So that could be easy. Uh, owners and managers of other area stores, having seen Thompson on the news, reached out to him to report their own vanishing tide bottles. Since then, the oddly brand loyal crime wave has gone national, striking bodegas, supermarkets, and big box discounters from Austin to West St. Paul, Minnesota. In New York, employees at the Penn Station Dwayne Reed nabbed a man trying to abscond with the tide bottles he'd stuffed into a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad a suitcase he brought a I, I which in new york makes sense because motherfuckers are walking all over the place in suitcases okay you know what i mean like every people in new york ca- are traveling a lot of times and yeah. they got to get on the airplane later maybe they check out of the hotel and you'll just see people walking around with rolling suitcases because there's so much traveling so his heart was in the right place it's just when you steal something, you can't, like, he would have to make it, he would have to make it look easy. You know what I mean? To carry the suitcase. And there's where your issue comes in. Yeah. You load a motherfucking suitcase with bottles of Tide. 450 ounces of Tide. <laughs> yeah, and you're trying to push it out. That's a difficult one, you know. Uh, in Orange County, an attempted Tide theft led to a high-speed chase that included the thief crashing his SUV into an ambulance. Jesus. What the fuck? <laughs> Last year for Why don't you just let him get away with it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They never do. Last You year, know who it is. Yeah, yeah. Last year, for the first time, detergent made the National Retail Federation's list of most targeted items, says Joseph LaRocca, founder of the trade group Retail Partners, who helped compile the report. Tide was specifically called out. I mean, people do love brands. I think, you know, you want the Tide. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to buy illegal detergent, I want the best illegal detergent. Right, I'm not getting great value. Yeah, yeah. And and I know that like Benadryl is another thing that people like to steal, be, but it's cheap. It's it's kind of allergy medicine. I think is a really good thing to steal because shit, that stuff is like the the Flonase is twenty five bucks and it's tiny. Right. You can just fucking whip that in your pocket and get out. As the cases piled up after his team's tide theft bus, Thompson sought to answer the riddle at the center of the crime. What did thieves want with so much laundry soap? To find out, he and his unit poured over security recordings to identify prolific perpetrators whom officers then tracked down and detained for questioning? Hey, we're writing a book. We never promised to go easy on them, but they were willing to talk about it, Thompson said. I guess they were bragging? It turned out the detergent wasn't being used as an ingredient in some new recipe for getting high, but instead to buy drugs themselves. Tide bottles have become ad hoc street currency with a 150 ounce bottle going for either $5 cash or $10 worth of weed or crack. On certain corners, the detergent has earned a new nickname, liquid gold. The Tide people would never sanction that tagline, of course, but this unlikely black market would not have formed if they weren't so good at pushing their product. 
Uh, I've seen it in a rap video, yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Maybe they... <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> You're pouring Tide into glasses and clinking them? I think we need a Tide commercial. Now. Yeah. I mean, I think this is from 2013, but you're right. I mean, if you look at, I guess if you look at um, Facebook marketplace, you will see what people are very into because there are a lot of people selling boosted shit on there. A lot of Charmin toilet paper, which is another one. I mean, you know, you get that quilted shit. Yeah. I mean, that shit's expensive because that's what I use. It's like a washcloth. By the way, I, I use that stuff. I would never buy something cheaper than that because it's just that Angel Soft stuff. Brett's about to start using Angel Soft, by the way. He's divorced. He's going to get Angel Soft. What does that mean? You just be an Angel Soft guy because it's cheap. You'll go in there and be like, my ass ain't special. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I'm more of a wet wipe guy. Ew. I like that. Gross. Yep. I don't like those. You're not supposed to flush them. Yeah, I heard that. You, but you're just like, whatever, I'm moving out of this place anyway. <laughs> right. Brian does have a debay, but a debay. A I do. Bidet. Yeah, that's what I use. Yeah, I'll get I was planning on getting one of those eventually, but um, Well now you can. Yeah. You know. I mean, I if your wife's like mine, she didn't want one in the house. My wife hates the bidet. She doesn't use it at all. I'm like, ugh. Come on, man. Yeah. Get that doo-doo off your butt, you know? Sure. So, yeah, that that is, I think, you know, a very newsworthy week of the show. Um, I do want to uh, throw a few little little things out there about, like, uh, uh, that. I, actually, maybe we could just do this real quick. I think it'll be. I, I want to throw some some solidarity or whatever to the uh, guys that stole the or the people that stole the confederate monument have you heard about this have you seen this oh uh no i have i i think i remember i think i heard a headline please please tell me let's do it we, we got time we started early on march 20th the frantic facebook post began circulating on selma alabama facebook pages have you seen this chair the post asked stolen between 12 noon and 5 p.m friday March 19th and broad daylight from Confederate Circle in Selma's Live Oak Cemetery would require three to four men to load. Well, also women or non-binary people could load it, too. And it'd also be more than that. They could be communists and working together, get a bunch of them, and then it's less heavy to carry. Yeah, three to four to do it, eight to make it easy. Yeah. Over several days, the post was updated to offer ever greater rewards for the chair's return. Finally, after offering five, a $5,000 reward on Monday, the post was updated again. The chair is being held for political ransom by a criminal leftist group, the post now reads. Steps are being taken in an attempt to resolve. Wait, they're ransoming it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the, the chair- was there a note? I mean, we'll get to it, but I, I believe so. It says it says the chair's being held for political ransom by a criminal leftist group. The Post now reads, steps are being ta- taken in an effort to resolve. Oh, this is the toilet chair. Yes. Yes, this is the chair. You know about this now? Yeah. I, this? You know about this? I did see the picture of a an old Civil War like monument chair that had a hole in it for pooping. Is it for real for pooping? No, it just had a big hole in it. I don't know what the hole is there ah, for. 
The chair in question wasn't an ordinary piece of furniture. It was a stone monument to Jefferson Davis, the former president of the Confederate States of America. And the chair hadn't simply been stolen. It was being ransomed by a group that is now threatening to turn it into a toilet if a pro-Confederacy group doesn't agree to its demands, the Montgomery Advertiser first reported. Until late March, the Jefferson Davis Memorial Chair stood in Confederate Circle, a controversial section of Selma's old live oak cemetery that contains monuments to the short-lived slaveholding secessionist movement. Among them are monuments dedicated to Davis, to Nathan Bedward Ford Forrest, a Confederate general, and a Ku Klux Klan leader. Forrest's statue was stolen in 2012, only to be replaced by the group Friends of Forrest, a conservative apologist operation. Benny Austin, a former spokesperson for Friends of Forrest, was among the first to report the Davis chair stolen. His March 20th Facebook post speculated that the chair had been taken in broad daylight. Austin didn't return requests. How does he know it was taken in broad daylight? How would they even know that? They must have... Some witnesses, some fucking Confederate-ass witness that's like, I came to go look at my favorite stone chair. Pictures obtained by AL.com, however, point to a late-night heist a day earlier on March 19th. Okay. Those pictures, which appeared to show the $500,000 chair being smuggled out of the cemetery in the dark, were provided by a group calling itself White Lies Matter. Bad name, guys. Come on. The uh, group also sent a picture of a ransom note addressed to the group United Daughters of the Confederacy, which owns the land around the Confederate circle. The Jefferson Davis chair is in our possession, the note reads. It is safe and stored in a secure location. We have every intention of returning it unharmed. Hell, we'll even clean it up for you. But the group... But the group said there was a catch. White Lies Matter claimed to have delivered the letter to the UDC's headquarters along with a banner bearing a quote from Asada Shakur, a former member of the Black Liberation Army currently living in Cuba after being convicted of murder. White Lies Matter demanded that the banner be displayed above the entrance to the UDC headquarters for a full day or else. Failure to surrender to this... Failure to surrender to this request by the aforementioned time will result in the chair being carved into a toilet. See enclosed photograph, the group wrote, alongside a photoshopped image of the uh, chair as a toilet. Yeah, shit just got real. So they are threatening to turn it to a toilet. Oh, gosh. Um, well, I guess this is a place where I can... I don't want to criticize other people. Um, the ransoming is going to get your ass in jail. You're going to get you. You got away with it. Fucking get caught. destroy it. Just destroy it and come up with different names. Hopefully nobody knows each other's real names and um, move to different cities or something. Like, this is how you get caught. This is exactly how you, the, you cannot play with this. You're not smarter. You don't, it doesn't matter if you have the will to win. Um, these motherfucking people are going to come after you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, the, and you're not going to be able to do a safe drop off. There's no way you're going to be able to accept money. There's, there's, it's just about, just destroy it. Like these things don't need to be, we don't want it to go back. We need to, to have it destroyed. That's the same thing. Like if you have a doctor, racist Dr. Seuss book, fucking destroy it so that there's less of them in the world. Don't sell it. Well, don't here's keep what, circulating it. Here's what I think. I think this is a conservative thing. It oh yeah it seems like a a blacks what is uh, well I'm sorry what was blacks the, rule blacks rule this yeah. does seem like a black blacks rules type scenario I, I mean the more I hear about it the more I look at it I mean even the name white lies matter I mean for young people though it makes sense you think so yeah the stuff I see on Instagram 
I think that's right in line. It's a bad name. There's lots of infographics that say that. Oh, are there? Yeah. They're like, this is why it matters. And then they give you a bunch of information. Okay. I mean, I don't know, man. This It could be both. I mean, it is. I don't think we, I don't, no definitive way of knowing. It could be some cool people stole the fucking thing and intend to destroy it. And then some other people decided to make the ransom note to try to make $5,000, I guess. Yeah. But. I, ransoming is gonna get you in jail you just can't win that like what do you think in the end you're gonna like be like put the money in a suitcase in the trash can at a public park and then leave don't don't bring anybody with you no if i see one person i'm turning this thing into a toilet you know yeah the well uh, the trailbillies talked about it um there was a animal rights group in the early 2000s that stole the body of the mother of a person that ran a puppy mill huh a puppy mill or some sort of slaughterhouse animal uh, yeah i don't remember i don't remember off the top of my head what it even did but they were just they wanted them to stop testing on animals i think and they also just kept ratcheting it up. And it was a bunch of people who were like, no, we need to send them a fucking message. We need to let them know. And then they, they got all got 12 years in jail trying to do a fucking trade off for fucking dead body parts and not have the police catch them. Yeah, you, know? you just can't do that. Just isn't possible. I mean, to me, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I do think maybe this thing got stolen and maybe this sounds like a very conservative guy. The ransom seems like a very conservative guy thing. Yeah. To me. To be like, yeah, now we're doing a ransom. Like, that's a. It yeah, it doesn't make any sense. People. To me, it doesn't make sense. It's like all of the ones you take them down and then we celebrate that they're not around anymore. You don't like bargain to keep them back in play. Yeah, we don't want to put them back. Right. Yeah. But fucking. I, what I would do with it is take a jackhammer and reduce it to nothing. You know? Agreed. Here's the thing. Jackhammer's fun as hell to use. And, uh, oh, I saw a guy using a jackhammer a couple weeks ago. Smallest little jackhammer. He looked ridiculous. He had to bend over uh-huh. to jackham. It looked like a Black & Decker jackhammer. Just terrible. Like a home, like it was a, like a Lowe's one? Yep. Yep. Like my, gotta, my first jackhammer? Yeah, you got to rent the jackhammer, bro. Yep. It's like that guy I saw with the leaf blower. I saw this guy with a leaf blower one time, and it was just, there was no, and I hate leaf blowers. I'm not impressed by lawn tools, but like this thing, maybe blowing like one leaf at a time and shit, and it was just like, buddy, that's pathetic. I mean, that yeah. just looks pathetic. Start raking. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what's going on here. I, I'd like to hear what happens with the rest of the story. I, I'm skeptical about it. I also agree with Brett that... You know, just destroy the goddamn thing. Just don't do you got away with toilet it. stuff. You got away with it. The, they come. There were so many. There's so many illegal things I've done, and I was tempted to tell just casual people around me. And it's like, don't. That's how it happens. That's that's literally what makes it happen. Is that the thread starts unraveling as soon as like um. You, you start talking about it or, or letting people know how it happened or alluding to it. Like you're, you're cooked. Right. If you have a neat story, you have to understand that other people would want to tell the neat story. Right. If that makes sense. Oh, like, I made a mine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Ah, yeah, my buddy. Stole a goddamn... They were going to turn it into a toilet. Yeah, yeah. And it is a kind of a cool story to tell people. So, I don't know. Just get just rid of... Just self-satisfaction. You got to do it. You just got to, like, look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm fucking awesome. I did that, and I'm fucking awesome. I'm going to take him to the grave. Just me and me that knows about it. Yeah. The only person that needs to know. Yeah. Me and me. I, I like your Reservoir Dogs idea, too, where it's like, I hope they don't know each other's names because they're all going to fucking jail. Right. Yeah, so yeah. you're Slinky, you know, I'm fucking Ketchup, that's Crisco, we, I have no idea what their last, their government names, their Christian names, none of that. I mean, I know that some people are going to go to jail for the cause, but I think, like, stealing the monument would have got you one amount of time, and ransoming it's going to get you a whole different amount of time. So, yeah, somebody said it's premeditation at that point. It, it looks like extortion. There's, like, all kinds of new charges that come besides just, like, reckless endangerment or or just property Death. damage yeah yeah property damage or something like that it's like you made your point by taking it you know what i'm sure they would hit you with like some wire they're always bringing up wire stuff yeah when you see st- when when you like go for money you know and tra- yeah doing transactions across state lines so yeah. then you get charges in like more than one state and shit right and 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 again like Five thousand dollars is not worth. That's all they wanted. I. That's what it said, right? That said they wanted five grand. Fuck. That's there not was enough. a five thousand dollar reward, and it's like, man, you, if you did a GoFundMe, we I we could get you five thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, because you're not going to the Daughters of the Confederacy for five hundred thousand, right? No. Like they don't got that kind of fucking money. No. Um, 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 it's just like a racist club for old people. Where's it at? Old my Vogue, uh, Benny Austin, March 20th. Okay, here it is. Uh, oh, no, they want 500 grand, but you're barking up the wrong fucking tree. They do want the whole oh, thing. Oh, no, 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 they don't want it. They said they're being smug. No, they want the $5,000 is what they want, which is just... You should have stole a fucking is- car instead if you wanted $5,000. Yeah, you just got your stimulus, my bros. You know? Uh... Yeah, don't do this. Don't ransom stuff. It's just... Posada 69 says they're loaded. Said Daughters of the Confederacy are loaded. Okay, okay. They get 500 grand. I know they're low. I guess they would have to be rich, because they're probably Daughters of Slave Owners. Yeah. Is, is my guess. And it's Richie Rich. Did well. Yeah, it's Richie Rich people that want to say that they're descendants of some great Southern heritage on a plantation. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the show. Hopefully, it was it was newsworthy enough for you. But hopefully, we can also get uh, hopefully we can also get our uh, um. What was I gonna say? Uh, well, never mind. I forget what I was getting at. Well, okay. But we got some work done tonight. We did a good show. Uh, you know, we'll we'll keep you updated on what's going on. You know, my car is gonna be fine, so we need something else to talk about and. You know, if you were to ask me how Brett's doing, because, you know, you don't always take the person at their word. Uh, he is handling it like a champ. He's uh, uh, very kind. And I I would say, I would honestly say that, like, when he says there was no cheating or anything like that, I'm going to say that I can't be 100% sure, but I can be 99.9% sure that there was none of that shit going on that's not like i'm it's just 
really a personality conflict, you yeah. know? I am still pro-cheating, though. Yeah, I just know you I, didn't do it. Yeah, I think that with cheating, it's like if you want to do it, you should. Um, that's kind of the indication that you shouldn't be with the person that you're with, though. So then you got to end the relationship. Uh, you can't live with yourself when you do it. Like once you cheat, you just you can't look at that person in the face. You feel terrible every fucking day. I just do it all the time. Yeah, that's why I stopped was because you can't fucking live with yourself at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but if you're feeling wild and got the inclination, go for it and uh, go on that trip through hell. But, yeah. Yeah. Not for me. Yep. All right, everybody. We love you. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back on Sunday taking calls and find us on social media. I'm going to start posting again. I, I finally feel comfortable enough. Uh, and you can follow along as I try to rebuild my life uh, on my own and not uh, fuck it all up. And uh, I, think I'm, I think I'll do good. Uh, but I will see you on Sunday. Peace. When I see you, I'ma push your shit back, boy Chopper get to spin through your set, we don't fight, boy Twelve paramedics couldn't save your fucking life, boy Rod can't dead and he never coming back, boy We gon' treat this bitch like a match, how we strike, boy Let's ass in the street, this the end of your life, boy Let's stay your ass, see a flashlight and it's max, bro These niggas soft as hell, all these niggas, they just act hard I'ma shoot this bitch when I motherfucking see you I don't go nowhere without my motherfucking heat cool Smoking on Lil' Peter, I was smoking trade D2 Free my nigga Max till they motherfucking free you Knock a nigga out, boy, you can get your ass beat too Lil' ho, you trippin', baby girl, I don't need you You could walk a thousand miles and I still don't wanna see you I got the whole city scared, these niggas know what we do Ooh, I smoke, baby Ooh, I smoke, Tiki Ooh, I smoke, Lil' Nine And now I wonder What a offset, got a low, I told her drop that F-N-S-P, one in the head, ain't got a cat back No, I'm smoking shit in one thing, they just can't get them back And it's flat, back to back, on the block, we double back My killer make his face go, that's one thing about queso